0: This episode of The Minimalist is brought to you by Nobody, because advertisements suck.
1: The Minimalists.
0: (laughs) Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you
2: think that you need. Every little thing that's just
1: feeding your greed, oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it.
0: Hello, Minimizers. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Does the work you do matter to you? Or do you just do it for a paycheck? No matter where you are in your career, today's guest says you were born to do work you love. Of course, there's nothing wrong with working to earn a paycheck, but if you work only to make money, you'll eventually feel unfulfilled, overwhelmed, and creatively drained. Thankfully, you don't have to choose between making an income and making an impact. Today, we are joined by the author of the new book, From Paycheck to Purpose, The Clear Path to Doing Work You Love. Our friend, Ken Coleman is here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah!
3: Oh, man, this is so exciting. Uh, I'm here in LA. Yeah,
0: Gorgeous man. studio, by the way. Ah, oh, beautiful. Oh. Thank you so much. We have so much to talk about today. On this public version, we're going to talk uh, well, about purposeful work. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about your new book. I want to dive deep into that on the maximal as well. We're going to talk about on The Maximal, I want to talk to you about The Great Resignation. Mm. I know it's something you've been grappling with on your own show, The Ken Coleman Show, mm. which we'll put a link to in the show notes. Folks can check that out. But also, we're going to talk about burnout at work on the uh, the private Maximal episode this week. And we're going to talk about working from home, how this is sort of shifting. Mm. We're going to talk about quitting your job. We're going to talk about changing careers completely. And a bunch of questions about finding meaningful work. But Ken, as you know, this show is a listener-driven show. So let's dive in. Laura from Patreon has a question for us.
2: What does purpose even mean? It seems we are expected to have one, but what if you're okay with not having a purpose at work?
0: Ken, I I like to start with this question because I I, I get where Laura's coming from. I sort of have an allergy to this word. Mm. And... Not the way that you explain it, but the way that it's often used in the culture. As though you were born to do only one thing. That's right. And if you don't, if you were born to be an astronaut and you don't become an astronaut, then everything else you do is mm-hmm. meaningless. That doesn't seem to me that what you're talking about when you're talking about purpose.
3: No, we're not talking about a title. We're not talking about a profession. What we're talking about is a contribution. And I love the question too. And you can hear the search. In the question, the very context by which that question is asked says she hasn't quite figured out what that unique contribution is for her. And so, as you know, when I break down purpose, I look at the three elements that every human being brings to the world. Talent, skills, hello, Mm -hmm. hard skills, people skills, Mm -hmm. and then we look at passion, that's love, Mm -hmm. love, of a craft. I, I'm an old school history nerd. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of my parents couldn't afford it, we would go to all these older historical homes on vacations when I was a kid, and they would always have a blacksmith. I mean, a real blacksmith, a silversmith, you know, um, someone, a cobbler making shoes. And when you look at somebody like that who is a true craftsman, mm-hmm. they loved the work of creating and formulating something that was usable. So passion speaks to, I just love the work, whether it's painting something like this behind me, Mm -hmm. uh, or it is coding and creating an app or a website. So that's passion. And then finally, you know that it all comes together when we see the contribution from our work. We go, Mm. I'm making a shoe to allow someone to be able to just functionally walk comfortably, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, everybody but Ryan needs a shoe, all right? <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, so, so when we see the result of our work, that's mission. So when talent, passion, and mission intersect, for this lady, it's like, oh, it doesn't matter the job title. It doesn't matter the profession. What matters is the contribution. And I would say all of us have purpose mm-hmm. because we're not an accident.
0: Yes, So that's
3: how I look at purpose. Mm.
0: So when I look at this, Ryan, tell me if you agree with this, and and Ken, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but it seems to me that what we're saying here is that all of us are driven to do something that matters, something that matters to you, something that matters to other people, but something that matters to us as well, and I think that's really important. We are compelled to create, to communicate, to express ourselves, compelled to do something significant. and. What is so compelling that you want to devote your life to it? Maybe that's a different way to look at purpose because I get it. Sometimes people would say, well, yeah, find your purpose or follow your passion. That's not what you're saying here. What you're saying is if there is something that is so compelling to you, something that matters to you so much, then you can devote your life to it. Not confusing it for excitement. But actually, understanding there is something, many things, in fact, that you can be passionate yes. about. Something that will serve the greater good. So, what gives you energy? Yeah. What makes you feel most alive? I'm reading this book by Jonathan Franzen right now, and there was this line that I wrote down about this woman who had just discovered theater. Mal- Alabama will know about this. She became a different person in rehearsals, mm-hmm. entered a kind of trance of not herselfness. Mm. I mean, how beautiful is that? What is the thing for you that enters you into a trance of not-yourselfness? Um, it makes that clock time just go by. It does yeah. weird things with time. That's what you're talking about oh, with sure. craft. Oh, yeah. And so let's take that. That's a wonderful quote. And, and
3: I understand what the writer is saying there, but the not-yourselfness. But what's funny is is that's your ultimate Selfness. Bingo. And you know what it is? It's a metamorphosis. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I don't know much about science. History's my game. Mm. But when that butterfly finally emerges from the cocoon, that's what the writer was talking about there. I remember years ago when American Idol was just kind of coming on the scene. I'll never forget uh, they had reached the finals and some little gal walked out, little petite gal and you could just see it all over. Very, very shy. You could see she was timid and they hadn't shown her in all of the preliminaries because she probably wasn't a wacky person Uh yet she was wildly talented and I'll never forget as the music started And she hit her first note within about 15 seconds. What was this? And it's a terrifying moment to perform in front of millions and millions Mm. of people on that stage in front of Simon Cowell. Mm. And yet, in 30 seconds, she went through a complete physical transformation. You could see it on her. And so I think it's the highest version of self. You know, Maslow talked about self-actualization. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about purpose in that there is something unique that you have to give to the world yeah. now i am translating it to work because i want you to experience that in your work
0: mm-hmm. right because it is
3: possible yeah. the
0: alternative is what doing something you dislike for 40 hours a week so that yeah. you can do the other yeah. thing and it's not that there's anything wrong with that for a period of time as i right. talked about in the intro yes we have to earn a paycheck yep. but when that becomes the primary driver of doing everything we do we often lose that sense That's of purpose absolutely right
1: yeah i I think with Laura's question, it sounds like to me that she has a job, a J O B. Sure. She shows up, she gets paid, and she goes home and she's okay with that. And I think there is like this societal pressure for people to be like, well, you've got to have this, you know, this this mission, this purpose at your job. And you know what? If you just have a J-O-B and you're okay with that, that's fine. That's, that's not a problem at all. It's, it's like minimalism. Minimalism yes. is a great answer. It can work for anyone, but it's not for everyone. But I'm willing to bet that there's something outside of her job that that, that job allows her to do with her time, with her finances.
3: Yeah, you know, something that comes to mind I want to share. It's in the book. Uh, I write the story uh, of Martin Luther King Jr. who accepted an opportunity to speak. This is the guy's at the height of his influence. Mm-hmm. And obviously a marked man. And he gets an invite to speak to some middle school students. Mm. And he comes in, and you can find grainy versions of this on YouTube, and it's amazing. And he's known for his speech in Washington, I Have a Dream. He's known for, you know, I've been to the mountain the night before he was tragically murdered in Memphis. He's known for those two speeches. But it is this speech that I have fallen in love with, and it speaks to the question. Um, And so I'm setting the scene. And so at the heart of this question, she's going, I don't want to be a big deal. And that's what purpose Mm -hmm. has been adulterated into it's been it's been hijacked and it's like we hear purpose Mm -hmm. and we think and that's what your allergy is Mm -hmm. and it just came to me i never heard anybody say that and i was i was processing now now here it is and then i'm gonna go back to the middle school scene here's the deal we hear purpose and we think lofty and we think big and impressive and lots of followers and likes and salary and all the things Mm. And Martin Luther King put it best. He's looking at those middle school students, and he says to them, and I'm paraphrasing. You can get it in the book and read the whole excerpt. Or go watch it. He says, "Don't let anybody ever rob you of your somebodyness." Mm. yes. And then he says, and you've all read this. This is the part where he says, "If it is your lot to sweep streets, then sweep streets mm-hmm. like Michelangelo painted." Yeah. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now. I get yeah. a little choky. Because he says, sweep streets as though all the hosts of heaven were watching you, and they say, there live the greatest street sweeper the world has ever seen. Mm. Um, It takes me to a story that I shared on the Ken Coleman Show years ago about a, a janitor in a high school who had been a janitor for a long time. She'd always just love orderliness, and she was the janitor. She was the first one there. And it was a cold, it was in the Northeast, and it was a cold winter morning, and she had just opened up the school. She was in the cafeteria turning the lights on, and she heard a bang at the door. She went to open up the door, and there stood two teens. mm and they were living in their car with their mom. Their mom's mm. working two and three jobs just to take care of them. They're living in the car. And because she had to get to an early shift, she dropped them off. And she said, bang on the door. And they did. And the janitor let them in. Mm. She then began to hear their story. And I'll fast forward. And she... Realized that they were, in fact, homeless. And that day, she took a list from them of the things they needed, basic toiletries, blankets, coats. And she went from her own house and friends, and she gathered the items for those kids. And when she gave them to the kids, she saw the reaction. And you know what she did? That day, she cleaned out one of her janitor closets and turned it into a free store.
0: Wow. And now for
3: years, decades, she has taken donations from the community, and she's a hero in that school. And the amount of lives... That that woman has changed. Whew.
1: I love it. Yeah. I love it.
3: So that's somebodyness. And, and see, there's yeah. there's purpose in the janitorial work too. It's not the
0: big, lofty things. No, it's, it's your the little things. Yeah. And the your part is so key because I think about Beulah, who painted all these beautiful paintings are behind us. By the way, goldmorning.com, if you want to check yes. out her, her stuff, she's absolutely stunning. Now, what she does here, I couldn't do. And if I was forced to do it, it wouldn't be me, right? And if she was forced to do the things that I do, it wouldn't be her. It was about identifying the thing that gives her that somebody-ness, that aliveness, that thing that makes her feel so alive and compelled. Mm -hmm. Something to devote yourself to. That's what we're talking about here today. I love
1: your story, Ken, because basically it says, hey, no matter what job you have, you can find a way to contribute beyond yourself in a meaningful way. And that's really, uh, yeah, Josh and I, that's part of our message is find a way to contribute what i love about the martin luther king story is he's giving you permission to make your work art yes with anything that you have yes and you know it's it's interesting because i i think back to when i was driving from dayton ohio to cincinnati on on that stretch of 75 and like Mm. i'd always get stuck in traffic and i remember just sitting there thinking man i don't want to work for this company anymore and Mm. like i was kind of in this really stuck position and i kept asking like you know kind of praying meditating asking like I just want to find something where I can contribute beyond myself in a meaningful way. Like, I don't care how much money I make. I don't care what I do, what I do. But as long as I can contribute, like, that's what really matters. And fast forward now, you know, 10, 11 years later, what I've really come to realize is that no matter what job you have, Mm. you are contributing to someone in some way, whether it's like the clerk at uh, McDonald's. Or whether it's the waitress or whether it's the janitor, there is a service that is happening. And I think this is your uh, kind of your advice is, you know, figure out how you want to help people and like help that guide you towards a career. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's two sided. So I know we went out here, but I really wanted to dive into this because I think this question represents a lot of people that have resistance to even my message. They're like, okay, dude, I'm not interested in being a big shot, Uh but you are a big deal. But big deal has nothing to do with how many people know your name. Right. Mm-hmm. Big deal has everything to do with that janitor coming into the lives of those kids. That was the big deal. You are a big deal to somebody if you are in customer care right now and you just love it. Or you go, I just want to be a receptionist. There's purpose in that. Yes. There's tremendous purpose in that. And I, I think that we've got to get beyond... Um, putting someone else's expectations into our purpose. It's two-sided. And I love the story. I-75. I'm never going to forget that. (laughs) Because purpose is two-sided. It is the contribution to others, but it's the contribution that we want to make to others. That's right. I'll just tell you, I started out in sports radio. I love sports to this day. I'll talk sports all day long. But I learned pretty quickly that that wasn't purposeful for me. Right. Mm. I now am in the growth space, right? I'm in the purpose space. I want to broadcast to transform. I was broadcasting to entertain. Nothing wrong with that. No,
0: in fact, but for me, that's my purpose. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You enjoyed the thing, but just because you enjoy something, there's nothing wrong with no. pleasure and enjoying it. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to find it to be a meaningful activity. Mm. Beautifully said. Yeah, that's it. Meaning,
3: uh-huh. meaning and purpose. You can't extrapolate the two. Yeah. That's that's yeah. purpose. What, what What's the meaning you want to experience. Because here's the great news. Once you experience that meaning, there's always a person on the other side of it, as you beautifully illustrated. So I'm
0: going to talk to you about writing a purpose statement here in a yeah. bit because uh well in fact we'll probably talk about that on the maximum episode but we have a question here from clayton in newport kentucky where ryan and i have spent a lot of days <laughs> isn't that just like south cincinnati yeah it's just the <laughs> other side of the river is it
3: like the newport and the oc
0: as well or very different <laughs> you know,
1: it's just right across the river cincinnati yeah, ohio yeah, right, there's right. no so, accent there's no kentucky accent on that side of it the well,
0: actually there is that's the, is i had the, people who worked Uh, who would come across the river and you knew everyone who was from Kentucky because for whatever reason that Kentucky accent it just as soon as you cross the (laughs) river the accent changes anyway Clayton (laughs) what do you got to say to us I really just want to live more meaningful and I want to travel the world and I really just want to get a van and just go places but I'm wondering what would be a good option for making money while doing that how would I Follow my passion while making money doing it, because I can't just go on the road with no money. But as that seems like the only option, I'm wondering if I could just ask you guys if you have any advice or tips on doing that, because I really feel like my passion is traveling, and I just want to see the world. So, Ken, Clayton here, Mm -hmm. he wants to get a van, travel the country, but also oh my God, how do I make money? Mm-hmm. When well, people call into your show all the time with questions like this, what do you tell someone like Clayton? Well, now this is a fun question
3: because Clayton's going, I've, I see great passion in the traveling and experiencing things. Right. And he's going, but I got to make a living. And so what we do here is we're going to get super practical first, and then we'll get into the passion. So on the practical side, we go, okay, let's just look at talent. All right, what do you do really, really well? And you know what? For for a guy like Clayton, 2021 2022, 2023 and beyond, this is the perfect time to actually live this life. Amen. Because of technology and you can work from anywhere. Um, and so I think there's two approaches I would be brainstorming. The first is, okay, I'm going to look at what I do best. So we're going to look at all of your talent and skills that you've developed over time. And then we're going to look at your experience. And so those come together as this awesome tool belt. All right. So Clayton's got this tool belt and he's going, okay, I can make money with these things. Mm -hmm. So how do I make money with these things Mm -hmm. from anywhere? Yeah, that's where we would start the brainstorm. So if I had a whiteboard, I go, okay, let's look at all this. And we go, okay, where can I make that online where it doesn't matter if you're in Nebraska one day, Wisconsin, the next, as long as you've got a signal, you can check in. So we're going to look at that. Okay, so with that, you start brainstorming that stuff. Clayton, you're gonna have to be patient because it might be that this is a two to three, maybe a five year process of setting up that online business or developing that remote work that you can do for anybody anywhere. And then that gets you to a place where it's developed enough to when now I can go on the road. So be patient in this. It may not be, I can go start this tomorrow. Now, the other brainstorm idea, I don't want you guys to jump in on this one, uh, is how does he combine the travel
0: Mm.
3: where I'm traveling to work? Right. So he's, so I'm going, you know, I, so I bet you Clayton wants to travel the world too. Mm-hmm. I don't hear just the continental 48 states here. I, and so I go, well, is there a, is there a connection between the people you most want to help and the problem you want to solve and traveling? Right. Yeah. Because if it's, hey, I'm going to work for a nonprofit or I'm going to work for a global organization and it requires me to be on the move every three to four months. Well, that might just be his jam because mm. he's going to get the travel but he's also gonna get the contribution. So that's the, the framework I would start with for somebody like this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I like how you talked about uh, it, it might take two to five years. It might. Yeah. And it's, there's something interesting about the human psyche where we can't like when we think about the next thirty days and how much we could get done, we usually overestimate how much we can get done. Yeah. But we underestimate like what we can get done in in, you know, one to two years. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, the story in your book about from, you know, the day that you told your wife, like, mm-hmm. hey, we are I'm going a different route. I'm going to do something else. It was eight years, yeah, eight years for you, for you to come to fruition with what you're doing now. And I just think that's such an important part because I think that uh, Clayton here can totally travel and work, but it is going to take a little bit of time. And you know, as far as the traveling goes, I I love that idea. Like I, so I was a really good salesman and if traveling was the most important thing for me, I would totally look at a traveling. In fact, love that idea. I have this, like I have this, uh, this, this dream of one day with our, uh, our, co- our, our coffee company, Bandit, yeah. like going around from Ooh. city to city and like just having different yeah. coffee shops try our coffee and like basically selling coffee on the road. So I've got traveling, which I would love to do. And I really, really love coffee. So yeah. it's like those two things mixed together is that's, kind
0: of the sweet spot come on yeah Yeah, i think it's very possible let's talk about where minimalism comes into this minimalism with respect to finances Mm. first off right so if you really want to do something what is preventing you from doing that thing quite often it's like oh my god i've got so much debt (laughs) now we've talked plenty about debt and you all know dave ramsey and the baby steps and all that stuff and uh, you obviously talk about it quite a bit on on his show and and on your show as well Being tethered to a lifestyle right now that is preventing you from doing what you want to Mm -hmm. do—that is a barrier. Now, where where does minimalism help? It helps you identify what is essential, what is non-essential but adds value to your life, and then what's junk. We call that the no junk rule, by the way. So everything you own and also everything you spend your money on can fit in one of those three categories. It's either essential. Mm -hmm. We all have the same essentials: clothing, food, shelter, transportation, etc. And then we have different non-essentials. These are the things we don't absolutely need but they add some value to our lives i don't absolutely have to have a kitchen table but i'm not going to deprive myself however clayton you may have to temporarily deprive yourself of some of these value-adding non-essentials so that you can move in the direction in which you want to go because it's worth more to you to pursue that dream to pursue that thing that will give you meaning or purpose in life you might have to let go of some of those things that are getting in the way, even though they, they feel like they're adding value right now. And then, of course, anything that's junk we want to get rid of. We're spending all of our money and all this junk to impress a bunch of people yep. that are preventing us from doing what we want to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to
3: say yes and amen, uh, but I'm going to go a step further. I don't think might is the, is the word. He's going to have to give something up. Yes. I'm just telling you. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you, uh, one of my mentors, John Maxwell, I worked for for years, he said it so famously, you're going to have to give up something to go up you got to give up to go up. You just mm-hmm. got to choose what you're giving up. And absolutely minimalism. What I love about you guys is it's a way of thinking. It's a way of living. It's a philosophy. Yeah. And it absolutely comes in here to this purpose conversation. At some point you're going to have to choose. You're yeah. going to have to give something up. And you got to decide what matters most.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Clayton, I know you're in the travel. If you want to travel 100 miles north up I71, <laughs> we have a, a event in Columbus. It's either in January or February. We're coming to 11 more cities with the Love People Use Things tour. We'll be in New York and Boston and uh, Washington, D.C. and Chicago and Toronto and Chicago and Columbus and L.A. and San Francisco, Seattle, Vancouver, and a couple other cities. Theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. But Clayton, we'll send you a couple tickets to that event. Hop in your van, your car. Or I love that. Just throw your, your thumb I, out. Can
3: I challenge Clayton? Let's you do need it. to do this. Take the tickets, man. (laughs) Go to Columbus, and these guys take Q&A. Brainstorm it right then and there. Get the audience in on it. Let's do it. We'd have a dream dream for Clayton in about 30 seconds. He needs to come to that event.
0: We'll see you up there. (laughs) Uh, Thoughtminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It's time for the lightning round, where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and comments to area code 937-202-4654. Now, Ken, you remember from previous episodes what Ryan and and our guest and I do, is we answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140-character response. Whoa. We okay, call them... Here we go. We call them minimal maxims. And Ooh, uh, we, I like that. Podcast Sean over there, he, he, he makes them pretty. He cleans up my semicolons <laughs> and stuff. Uh, and he puts them in the show notes so people can copy and share our pithy answers on social media. And our good friend, Jessica, she puts all of these minimal maxims in one place over at minimalmaxims.com, so you can find all of these little pithy sayings. But Ken, as you know, we just ramble and maunder on a bit until we find something beautiful to tweet. We have a question here from Steven.
2: I just turned 40. I have an amazing wife and a three-year-old son. How do I make the choice to follow a purpose when there are bills to pay and family responsibilities to be fulfilled?
0: So Mm. I think it's key and you certainly talk about this ken it's yeah. key to not confuse work as being the only thing that is meaningful in our lives right or even money be money is simply a tool and it can aid it can amplify whatever we're doing but it is not the meaning of anything that we do and so here's my pithy answer for you maybe we can unpack it together human worth is not determined by net worth and so you are already worthy i think This question quite often presupposes I either need to choose paycheck or purpose, but that's not right. No, no. my
3: pithy answer is do what you have to do so that later you can do what you want to do. Mm. There's a false narrative in the question that I have to choose providing for my wife and child or children and doing what I was created to do, false choice.
0: Mm.
3: I write about in the book, you can read it. It took me five to seven years to even get a decent break. Seven and a half years to finally step into Ramsey Solutions. I supported my three kids, my wife, and the two dogs through that. So it is not a either or, it's both and. But the both and requires that you do what you have to do financially. You get qualified on the side. You dabble. You test. You be patient. And for goodness sake, don't quit. And then eventually, you'll have
1: both. Yeah. Yeah. It's like sometimes you have to have a side hustle before you have your full hustle. <laughs> I mean,
3: there it is. Yeah. That boy, boy, I was trying to be pithy. That was pithy. <laughs> but That's I, I got, good. A, I got Tweet that better, podcast, Sean. Yeah,
1: I got a, I, I got another pithy answer. Uh, a paycheck will help you survive, but a purpose will help you thrive. Oh man, he's two
3: for two. And wow. you
1: know, it's it's in our, in your book. You actually bring up this exact, um, I want to call it an excuse because it is an excuse. It is, or this like self-limiting belief. And I think in that chapter, what you talk about is helping someone get focused Mm -hmm. on what that, that dream job or that purposeful job looks like. And right now it sounds like Steven lacks a little bit of focus. Oh yeah. And what I love about your book, man, is it's just such practical advice from literally being in a job. You hate doing things that, that you, you know, you wake up every single day and you don't look forward to going to work and you have this very, very uh, good formulation really of how to really find someone's purpose, how to get focused and, eventually how to get that, that job that is purposeful.
3: Yeah. You know, I love, I'm fascinated by great mountain climbers. And as you know, I write about Edmund Hillary in the book, but you know, I've watched all these documentaries on Amazon prime, uh, about Mount Everest. And I can tell you this, these folks aren't focused on how cold it is <laughs> or how windy it is
0: yeah.
3: no, or how sore they are. Right. <clears throat> Cause if they do, they die. Yeah. And, and it, so he's looking at all this. He needs to be looking up here. And if I'm here and I'm focused on getting here, this will all take care of itself.
0: What you're talking about is we're so afraid of losing comfort. Yes, and it's that comfort that is actually killing us. Oh, tweet that podcast, John. Yeah, I got to step. You guys are bringing it today. So, so I do want to talk to you about clarity for yeah. Stephen because you talk a lot about mm. clarity in the book and what does that mean because it seems to me right right now that that the comfort is actually getting in the way of his clarity oh and see comfort oh it's
3: it's a killer mm. it's a dream killer because comfort lulls us into this idea that well i'm being smart mm-hmm. I'm, mm. i i you know and it, well i didn't i didn't pursue it because um and this is the
0: thought we have by ourselves. Right? It was reckless for me to do yeah, that. Yeah, I had kids. Uh, my I had, responsibility.
3: Yeah, I had a uh, wife and kids. So I had to put the kid in school. And so therefore, I was doing the right thing. I was selfless mm-hmm. in letting my dream die. And that's a big bunch of freaking yeah, garbage. I sacrificed my dream. So comfort comes in and goes, well, I have to, this is nice. And if I do this and if we sell our house which we can make a ton of money on. And I fund the training that I need. And we all cram into uh, a three little three bedroom, 1800 square foot cottage, as opposed to the five bedroom, 3,500, 4,000 foot. Thing. And what are the kids going to think? Are they think dad's a loser. I mean, I'm talking mm-hmm. real stuff right here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so we, we talk ourselves into, well, safe, smart. And I got to tell you something, all great women and great men, people who did great things, whether we know their name or not at some point, embraced discomfort. Absolutely. They embraced the unknown. And this young man, I love the question. I get he's 40. He's a young man. Uh, He's worried about discomfort. He's worried about the unknown. And here's the deal. You can worry about that all you want to, and you're going to end up at the end of your days, like Teddy Roosevelt said in his famous man in the arena speech, Mm -hmm. a cold and timid soul who knew neither victory nor defeat. Mm. Yeah, Mm. That's not how I want to end up. Yeah. Like I can tell you, I'm so blessed to know you guys. I hope we're all old men together and like we're here in LA or Nashville and we're just kind of talking and we're going to look back, I hope in a little bit of laughter and a little bit of tears as we look back on the contribution we were able to make Mm. and we reminisce, not regret. I don't want to be a crotchety old fart Mm. who's just like, well, I could have done this, but I got screwed and this and this and this. That's not who we're meant to be. I want to look back and go, I failed spectacularly. Yeah as I write about in the book, but I, I was able to do something that meant something to me and I can look and say, I, I helped a few people.
0: That's right. Can mm. okay, we got so much more to talk about, but Emma, you got something for us first.
2: Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Hi, my name is Becca. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I'm calling with a tip for Tracy who, um, commented in the episode about organization that her pantry was getting out of hand again. And this is a problem I have had also. Um, I've gotten it down to a system. Uh, I discovered that part of the reason my pantry was getting out of hand is because I like adventures in food. So now I have my pantry organized by type. Uh, for me, that, you know, that means I have a shelf for beans, for greens, for, for grains, another shelf for nuts you know, everything by type. But then I have a special area in my pantry for adventures. Uh, Like I like to bake. So I have a lot of flours and there's a whole section just for different and interesting gluten-free flours like mesquite flour and coconut flour. And then when that section gets full, I know I'm on a, I put myself on a little bit of a ban. So one time um, my chocolate shelf got really full. So I was on a chocolate buying ban until I, used up my chocolate. I've also had a tea vine ban just to help me really focus on enjoying those items that I have acquired and purchased. So I hope that is a helpful tip for you um, just to help keep yourself in check with new and interesting foods. Thanks. Hello. This is Lynn from South Africa. I've got a tip for those people that are looking through um, – Perhaps nostalgic paperwork. I'm looking through my uh, daughter's baby boxes now and seeing what to keep and what to to toss. And um, a good idea would actually just to be listened to the podcast while you sorting through. Um, it can be quite a emotional time, and you get wrapped up maybe in your old thoughts and memories. Um, and then just to kind of bring clarification again, it's quite nice to be listening to the podcast and saying and reminding yourself why you're doing this. So that's my suggestion.
0: All right, y'all, before we get into our added value segment this week, which I think you're going to enjoy, let's give a big thanks to Ken Coleman for joining us today. You can check out his new book. It's called From Paycheck to Purpose. Heck
1: yeah. Man, I really wish that that book was available to me in my corporate days because it's just such a, it's a great, um, just formula. Like I said it earlier, it's a formula on how to go from like hating your job to like getting a clear path forward to getting a job that really means something. Um, we did it the hard way (laughs) instead of uh, having a nice formula for it
0: yeah you know what i really dig about ken by the way you can check out his website we'll put a link to that in the show notes he has a career assessment thing on his website as well he also has a show the ken coleman show which you can check out plus he'll be joining us this thursday on the minimalist private podcast that's a, a much deeper dive there we roll up our sleeves get our hands dirty and ryan i know we're gonna we're going to talk about some things that we're embarrassed to talk about
1: oh yeah man we are definitely going to talk about our most embarrassing professional moments because uh, him and i both have some good stories
0: all right we'll, we'll do that patreon.com slash the minimalist by the way here's a testimonial from one of our simpletons over there Tori says every private podcast so far has called me out on something i've been doing as i'm listening what a wonderful segment thanks again minimalists well you're welcome Tori. Yeah. if you want to join us over there Patreon.com slash the minimalist. Real quick, for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalists. And this may, I think this ties in really well with, uh, with his book and with people pursuing a purpose or trying to find some meaningful work. And he often talks about. Improving your skills, taking your talents, and doing something with them. Well, I'm teaching my last writing class of the year. I only do this three or four times a year, and it almost always sells out, but uh, you can go to howtorightbetter.org enrollment is closed right now, but it opens up on November 19th and 20th. It's the first hundred students. So it may even close the first day that it comes out. org, And over there, you can, even if you don't want to take the class, Ryan's taking the class, Emma's taking the class. um, And, we just revamped the whole thing. We redid all the videos. We spent a week in a separate studio filming with Jordan No More on Podcast Sean was there. We brought other Sean up, who's an adjunct professor for the class, and we revamped the entire class, redid all the course materials, And uh, but even if you don't want to take the class, you can download a free ebook. It's called 11 Ways to Write Better, and you can find that over at howtowritebetter.org. For our added value this week... There's a book I've been reading. I mentioned it early on because there was that great line on page 143, I think it was. This is Jonathan Franzen's new book. It's called Crossroads. And I got to tell you, it's. I always thought freedom was like the great Gatsby of our generation. That was his book two books ago. I think it came out in 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. And it's just a magnificent masterpiece. So far, I'm even enjoying this book more. This Mm -hmm. might be my favorite Jonathan Franzen book, but that line when he said, she became a different person in rehearsals, entered a kind of trance of not herselfness. Mm. Every line in this is so carefully considered, which is amazing for like a five or 600 page book. He does something that, can only be accomplished I think through either music or really great fiction and he it's excavating the human interior the insecurities the self-doubt the interpersonal relationships and what that does to us emotionally Mm. he captures it in this book better than I've ever seen it captured before, man. I admire Jonathan Franzen, um, because he takes about five years to write a book, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's as many as nine, Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's been quite a few years since he's had another novel come out. Yeah. Yeah. Just to show like how thoughtful he is
1: with his words, man. I mean, he takes his time to make it as beautiful as he can.
0: Yes. You can tell every line is deliberate, which is, it's just so impressive. It makes me like, I want to just throw my hands up and say, how could anyone ever... This, we're talking about a Mozart of fiction makes here. you want to quit writing. It makes me <laughs> simultaneously I want to quit writing and write more. <laughs> how beautiful is that? Yeah. The book is called Crossroads. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's by Jonathan Franzen. By the way, we have a bunch more surprise questions this week. Like, how do I bring myself to leave my job now instead of sticking it out until that perfect time to quit? How do you reconcile a job that you are Good at, but it no longer aligns with your political beliefs. How do you know if your passion is strong enough to become a career? How do you create a compelling purpose statement? Plus a million more questions for Ken Coleman and The Minimalists. And if you want to hear all that, check out The Minimalist private podcast this week. Visit patreon.com slash The Minimalists to subscribe and get your personal link so that our weekly private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You'll also gain immediate access to hundreds of Hours of private archives, recordings of live events, monthly Ask the Minimalist Anything sessions, and our private community of thousands of open-minded minimizers like you. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash The Minimalists. You can follow The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalists. Come to one of The Minimalists live podcast shows. Visit theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at minimalists.com comment on this episode at youtube.com slash the minimalist and if you want our show notes in your inbox sign up for our email list at the you'll also receive our simple sunday email newsletter for free and if you leave here today with just one message let it be this love people and use things because the opposite never works thanks for listening y'all we'll see you next time